time. All right. Let's start it off the way we do, man, just so that I could be comfortable in front of all these lovely people, man. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Comics Pro 2023. Thank you guys so much for uh, inviting us to be here. Uh, Jimmy, look at all these beautiful faces out there, man, who came uh, far and wide to Pittsburgh in February. A lot of brave souls, Ed, a lot of brave souls. Um, quite an honor to be standing here. Thank you, Todd, for that, that intro, but quite an honor to be standing here. I've uh, been a comics fan most of my life. Once I kind of got my first comic, I was hooked, and I never really waned from that, although there were some uh, scary moments, and they had to do with comic book stores, so we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I, I thought I would start a little bit, just my history with comic book stores. I found myself in my first comic book store in 1990, and I remember it very distinctly because I picked up Frank, a Frank Miller Sin City chapter from Dark Horse Presents, uh, Hard Boiled, a book that really changed, kind of changed my perception of what comics could be. I can remember I was too young to drive. I grew up in a small town, so I had to bum rides to get to the comic book store. And I can remember riding home and looking at Hard Boiled and just being like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is not like comics. But I was very lucky because the store that I found, uh, second time around bookstore, it was run by a lady who would sell me anything I brought up there because it's also where I found Faust um, long before I was old enough to drive. And again, kind of set me on this path, which I am eternally grateful for. But the stores, I will always feel in debt for that reason. And it's part of the reason that it is so great to be standing here in front of all of you uh, in 2023 in a time whenever I think comics are better now than they've ever been as a reader, as a fan, um, as a creator, I think there's more competition out there than there's ever been. You know, the house styles are gone. The self-publishers have risen. The alternative comics have risen. We have comics for all ages. We have comics for specialized readerships. We have comics that are reprinting the greatest comics in the history of the 20th century, and newsprint comics have never been better than newspaper comic reprints, the archives. I can remember how difficult it was to track down this stuff when I was a kid, and now they're at our fingertips. Uh, we've got manga, we've got comics from all over the world that now we can access in virtually any comic book store that we go into. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. Goddamn right. And uh, we run a, a YouTube channel called Cartoonist Kayfabe. I just am curious because, uh, you know, in the Jim Shooter, the Pittsburgh Maxim of Jim Shooter, man, every comic is somebody's first comic. So can't take for granted that everybody knows who the hell we even are, man. Uh, can I see a show of hands of people who saw the cartoonist Kayfabe uh, YouTube channel at one point or another? It's a good sample of hands, That's huh, Jimmy? That's not bad. Yeah, I like that. So uh, The you know, rest of you have a mission. Yeah, it's goddamn right. You guys so, are falling behind. So the numbers don't lie. Uh, every single month at this point, Jimmy and I have built a platform where we talk to uh, almost 600,000 people every every 28 days. Uh, and not only that, but you know how quick it is to just hit heart on Instagram or retweet something? What is that, a fraction of a second? Uh, those 600,000 people that come visit us hang out at Cartoonist Kayfabe, the YouTube channel, for an average of 19 minutes. Uh, very valuable time that uh, our audience has, has given us. And with those kinds of numbers uh, approaching a million, maybe maybe next year it will be a million a month. Um, we're more popular than every direct market comic book that comes out to your local comic shop right now, Marvel DC. It doesn't matter. We might be more popular than the top five, but we give it away. Uh, what we also do is uh, promote our material, every single uh, video, every single episode. And uh, I do have to thank you guys for helping me push about 350, 400,000 units of a comic with people, cutting people's heads off, 
uh, stabbing people in the tongue, things like that. Uh, that was an experiment I tried a couple of years ago. Jimmy had that great Kickstarter for uh, Octobriana that did really, really well and uh, made me recognize like the value of the channel. Uh, got me thinking, what is my least commercial idea? What is the one that will absolutely turn people off? And let me put it out there, promote it on the channel and see, if, see what happens because the logic there being, if I could sell that, then I should definitely be okay when I uh, want to put out some ideas about stuff that, that uh, you know, the wider culture would like, stuff that wouldn't turn people off. Uh, it, it worked out. I thank you guys so much for helping out with that. And I say that only because uh, we have to adapt or die. You know, there is so much stuff on the uh, stands that we have to compete with, and I am up for using any or all uh, possible avenues and vectors to, to make that happen. Uh, we are cartoonists uh, first. The, the YouTube thing is a function of our cartooning and uh, creating the channel has created a platform where we can give value talking about the comics that we dig and things and uh, we get to talk about our stuff. Uh, we also do notice that when we bring up a comic like a $100 LB Cool Blacklight comic that Fantagraphics publishes, uh, the later that day after that video goes live, it's number one on Amazon. And I don't know what to do about that in terms of helping the comic shops out, but we have created this platform uh, in the spirit of just adapting or, or dying on, on our end. Uh, the channel began uh, when we were looking at Wizard Magazines. Uh, we are products of the speculator boom of the uh, early 1990s. Some of you guys were there, man. I see Brian Hibbs in the house. Hey, Ed, let me, let me add something to the wizard piece. Add something to the wizard piece. Whenever I, uh, I've, I've sold a lot of my collection over the years and then buy it all back. So you guys are welcome for that. Um, but I can remember dumping all of my wizards off uh, in the early 2000s amongst many, many boxes of other comics. And the guy that I sold them to was a retailer. And he kind of picked through stuff and he pulled out a couple boxes to the side, including the wizards, and said, I'm going to throw these in the dumpster when you leave. So if you want them, they're no value to me. You could keep these. I, uh, I let them go. I let them go into the dumpster and did buy those back since. The reason I mention that is, as Ed said, we built this channel starting with wizard, you know, looking at something that literally comic retailers looked at me and said, this is garbage. I am putting it in the dumpster as soon as you leave. And yet we've been able to build up a half a million or more viewers a month. And a lot of our most popular videos are these wizard magazines. And I say all that because I think as Todd mentioned, you know, I love digging through these dollar bins and 50 cent boxes and quarter boxes. And if you guys have those, you know, give me a line. And uh, I find a lot of value in those because I think there's a lot of richness in them. And when I look out Every comic shop I've ever visited has versions of this stuff. You know, those dusty boxes in the back, things that maybe were trendy years ago and you haven't thought about in a while. And I think comics is full of that kind of value. So Wizards are an illustration of uh, my firsthand experience with that. One person's trash, another person's treasure, That's that right. kind of gimmick, arbitrage, exactly. I believe it's called. Um, I bring up the wizard thing because... Uh, we, we are students of this game, we'll forever be students. And I think that that's like what we're, we display on the channel and you learn a lot from history. Uh, so in like a wizard magazine number six, when we see that wizard as a platform has started to grow in big ways, it's become a color magazine. It's gotten newsstand distribution in like every grocery store. It's become a very valuable platform to promote and talk about latest products. So there's a big Marvel uh, article in there, one of the first big Marvel uh, articles in there, 
And uh, the, the editors at the time and the promotional people at the time, they, they, they misused the platform. They disrespected the potential of that platform. And uh, two issues later, three issues later, the formation of image is the big article. And that's like the opening salvo that takes a chunk out of the, uh, the big two's market. Uh, very recently, we took a look at an issue where, uh, and I don't mean to harp on Marvel. I know we got some Marvel cats in here, uh, but it was a bunch of editors and writers and creative people who were working on books like Captain America, Avengers, which in retrospect now might be silly because those are the most popular you know, movies and things, but Captain America, Avengers, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, that stuff was not doing very well at the time. So they had the opportunity to promote and use that platform to elevate you know, those books. That opportunity was misspent. I photographs at a pool party, I believe, and things, and a whole lot of paragraphs devoted to are zero issues viable. And then it'll be a couple of issues later where we find out that Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld took all their jobs and uh, are, you know, took those titles and started to put out their own books. So what we have here today with everybody in this room, I mean, this is the Illuminati, Jimmy. <laughs> this is the comic book Illuminati I'm looking at, man. <laughs> Let's all cut our fingers and touch. Uh, but we have the smartest people. We have the people who basically drive, drive this industry at this point. And uh, all in this room, and I just hope that we that we use this time wisely together. I know I know that uh, the publishers and the distributors and everybody, you know, we're all traveling salesmen, and we're we're showing our our vacuum cleaners and our new brushes and stuff. But there, there's, I just want to keep this thing going, uh, and I want to make it stronger. I heard that there was like a nice increase, 50 percent increase over the past year or something. But I'm about compound interest. You know, these are numbers people in this room with us, man. So if I buy an investment at 60, it goes down to 20. I'm not happy with uh, a 50% growth. I want that compound interest. Uh, and we have the people here that are going to make that happen. So uh, just very excited to be here with you guys. Cannot wait to talk with uh, each and every one of you guys at the roundtables uh, throughout this weekend. Yeah, and I, I have this, this uh, kind of kick that I've been on, and it comes from comic stores that I've done signings in and talked to, to different retailers who have kind of... I've been to stores and every store is different. And I think that's actually the greatest strength of comic book shops. You know, so often we hear comic book shops and they're kind of lumped together, right? Comic book shops. It's like you guys are one entity. It doesn't hold up. Every single shop I've ever been to, no two of them have been the same. It's fascinating. And often I find books that I've never heard of or seen that look amazing. And it's like, what's going on? I do comics basically every second that I'm awake. How can I be unaware of this? We get hundreds of pounds of comics delivered to us every month for cartoonist kayfabe randomly. Like we are seeing so many comics and yet not all of them because there are so many and because there are so different, so many different approaches to these comic shops. I do think that's a strength that all of you lean into. I think it's a huge competitive advantage over a lot of these other areas that sell comics. And so I'm excited to meet with as many of you as possible over this weekend for that purpose, because one of the reasons we started the channel was to sell more comics. I assume the reason all of you are here this weekend is to sell more comics. So I'm excited to get your perspective on that because it's not something as a creator that I often have access to, and certainly not in this great of a concentration. And I look around and I think, if there's too much good stuff, if that's really a problem, it's all of your faults. Because when you guys start retailing in the early 80s, what do we get? Love and Rockets. 
we get alternative comics because now we can do pre-orders and suddenly that's a viable way to make comics. You don't have to print hundreds of thousands of copies like Batman did. You can now print 20,000 and sell them and it works. And then you get a whole wave of different cartoonists, different comic books, things that have kept me interested in comics this entire time as a result. And I think there are example after, after example of what you guys have done for comics as a medium, as an art form, as an industry. I think of 1984 and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show up. How would that have worked without comic book shops? And now everybody's a self-publisher. That's a good point, Jimmy. And uh, once again, we are here in front of uh, retailers who took it upon themselves to fly across the country to Pittsburgh in February to be in this room, to be at this event, to uh, push this thing forward. And students of history, when it comes to comics, uh, we can't help but acknowledge that there's a good possibility that it was the re it's the retailers that even created a situation to make this culture possible today. And, and that's what I could consider this. This is not a medium to me. Like, this is our lives. We, we dedicate our lives to this. Jimmy and I spent a lot of hours yesterday uh, putting stuff together in between our cartooning. And uh, let's do some acknowledgement of, of some of these, some of these uh, guys in the past that created this situation that makes it possible for us to be here today. Phil Suling comes to mind, you know, one of the guys that sort of took it upon himself to uh, reach out, talk to the publishers, start to create a kind of direct market thing. But then you got the West Coasters, right? Like the underground comics start to come out, create a different viable form of distribution to get comics out into the universe where you don't have to be this uh, commodified, you know, product. And then what happens when, you know, that, that happens on the West, and then you got that whole conglomerate of shops, the, the Gary Arlingtons, the Bud Plants, the uh, Ron, Uncle Ron Turner, man, the, the Santa Claus of comics, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Uh, we got these people that, uh, and they are retailers, uh, that, that sort of made this thing happen. Of course, when those numbers started to grow a little bit, Marvel and DC started to take a little bit more notice. And uh, we, we have the situation that we have now because they saw that it was valuable to uh, create a situation where we don't have to just print 500,000, send them to newsstands across the country and have 200, 300, 400,000 of them come back to us and, and burn them, uh, recycle them. We could just sell them and then forget about them. There's problems in that. Uh, I hope to solve some things this weekend. I see that there are stores that uh, comics at this point a lot of shops, graphic novel stores in, in a big way. It's not going to the, uh, the dollar bins when it's dead stock. It's, it's like half off trade paperbacks. Uh, that's a scary notion to me. You know, when does that, when do you decide to do something like that and take that kind of hit? Uh, these are conversations worth having this weekend and we have to find the next model because uh, as far as I know, as far as I could tell, we've kind of been doing a lot of the same stuff for the past 30 years. Uh, I can't look at any other business in America or the world that has been doing the same exact models uh, for, for so long and have success. So we got a lot of intellect. There's a lot of IQ in this room. And uh, throughout this weekend, I think that uh, the gestation period of the next round of like what comics is going to become is gonna be uh, sort of, this is the genesis spot for that. Yeah, and many thanks to everybody that decided to invite us here because until that happened, we were plotting how we were going to break into this. That is true. <laughs> so that, that we is could true. We were garner this knowledge that we are sure all of you are passing amongst each other. And you know, as I mentioned, we—I've never worked in a comic book shop. I really don't know what all of you do from a day to day 
really nuts and bolts basis. But we do try to sell comics and we try to sell comics very, very diligently. So I can relate to that. And as Ed talks about these new models and things, you know, we're here to learn from you guys. We may be here to parrot some of your messages out there to a wider audience. So keep that in mind this weekend as we interact, you know, come up and let us know what the pressing issues are. Let us know what, what people are trying that sounds interesting or exciting or new in comics. And it's something that we can continue to maybe broaden this dialogue a little bit and keep that going. Because when we started Cartoonist Kayfabe, we weren't really sure what to expect from that. Um, I think all of my books have gone into multiple printings since that happened. And I say that because it's a very easy model to replicate what we've done. You know, it's just taking advantage of whatever tools were available at that time. It was starting a YouTube channel. Maybe now it's TikTok. I don't know. That is up to all of you. But if you see anything in our model that is useful to you, please steal it, use it, borrow it, try it, modify it to suit yourselves and to make it better. And rest assured, we'll be happy to steal those modifications back and apply them to ourselves. But we want to see this as a team between creators and retailers. You know, that is a, uh, a, a long history of the direct market has relied on that. And it is something that uh, I think we are going to be dependent on for as long as these two groups exist. So that's what we're here for this weekend. Please come by and uh, tell us what we don't know yeah, yeah, about comics retail and how we can make it better and what you guys are trying to solve and improve and, and, and do differently. Yeah, to, to, to piggyback off of that, uh, we, we don't know what we don't know, and uh, we we are very excited to, to help in the ways that, that we can. I uh, can't guarantee anything, but we, we look forward to talking to each and every one of you. Uh, one of the things that we did do in the past, and we would continue to do it if we kept receiving uh, these materials, but uh, I think it was 2015, I was on the jury for uh, the best, to, for choosing the best retailer of, of the year for the Eisners. And uh, you guys know, man, like it's a pretty thick package of materials that has to be sent in to be considered uh, as best retailer. And at least at that time, I don't know how it still works. Uh, there was a video package that was required uh, for you guys to produce, to, to send off to, uh, to the Eisner committee or whatever that was called. Uh, we on the channel during COVID when, you know, it was pencils down and all that, Jimmy and I were implored uh, the retailers that watched, send us those videos. If you produce them, if you paid somebody to make this, you know, package of a film for you, please send it to us and uh, we will we will put it on the channel whenever we do, you know, our next weekly, we will promote uh, your store and the wise shops that uh, sort of have their tentacles everywhere they saw they knew and uh, they sent us their videos. We're, we're very happy to, to keep that going. If you guys are sitting on that, if you paid somebody to make a video uh, that's, you know, five minutes in length or whatever the requirements are for the Eisners, please, please send it on to us. We will be happy to push people toward your store. I think that that was such a cool part of that jury process. And there's no reason that those uh, videos should, should not, not see the, the, you know, the light of day. Um, another thing that we do as a function of having the PO box and just receiving thousands and thousands of comics every week no exaggeration like we we got my I have a spare bedroom that's no longer a spare bedroom and Jimmy got a storage unit now uh but uh a lot of doubles uh come come through it's kind of like you know man as retailers they know the deal man when somebody comes into the store with their long box and is like I have some very valuable comics that I want you guys to appraise and give me money and it's the number one issues of all the valiants from 1992 or something like that maybe multiple copies 10 copies of each uh, we, we get that stuff. And uh, the best of it, we started this initiative last year. We're going to keep it going probably every year where uh, we take all these doubles and we implore 
our uh, cartoonist brethren. And it's something that uh, we do also is take a bunch of our comps that we get from the publisher and we go around town uh, the last uh, so the last Saturday of July. We call it Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July. And we just stuff the, those free little lending libraries uh, in our neighborhood and in the city full of comics to just do whatever kind of action items possible to uh, create a situation where somebody can happen upon comics and maybe, you know, get acquainted with them for the first time. Uh, you know, that's something I want to promote. Yeah, with, with, with a flyer of all the local comic shops uh, info, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that help if they can't find more. <laughs> no, that's true. And, uh, you know, that is about what I have, Jimmy, if you got like a little end piece. Uh... I do have, I have one last piece. And it is, um, you know, I had mentioned the comic book store closing that, that I went to when I was in college. It's probably the furthest I was ever removed from comics by not having that new comic book day uh, event or having any comic book day event for that matter. And after college, I moved closer to Pittsburgh, which is a great comics town full of great comic book stores. And it's where I met Ed at a comic book store. You know, you guys do so much for so many people and it's possible maybe you don't always see the forest for the trees, but you can harness some of those customers and some of the local talents and some of the people who absolutely love what you are doing to spread these flyers around on cartoonist kayfabe Christmas in July or for free comic book day or at the local library or wherever people are looking for books and comics and graphic novels and reading materials, harness some of those loyal customers, those customers that have been coming forever, have them start the book clubs, have them start the newsletters. That's a rich part of the comics history too. You know, I, I, uh, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Uh, so, so, uh, we're, we're running low on time. I, I do want to let everybody know, like if you have stock in our books, uh, we know that you are traveling. We know how it is to be bound by luggage limitations and uh, the footprint inside your your suitcases. So if you have some stock uh, in our stuff, please come by our table. Uh, we're signing a bunch of book plates. We, we have a few hundred uh, sitting there right now. We'll be signing them all day, all weekend. And please take uh, however many you need. Uh, I don't know if you hot glue them. I don't know the archival way to uh, tip them into your, your hip-hop family trees or the your street angels. Retailers. Or, yeah, yeah, it's up to the... Lead, lead the horse to water or something like that, Jimmy. But uh, we have that so that small footprint in your luggage uh, so that you know we can do whatever we can to, to help you sell that stock in uh, the comics that, that we have. Very excited to talk to you guys. And uh, Jimmy, if you're good, I'm good. But I saw a lot of hands go up. Oh, yeah. I saw a lot of hands go up, man. So uh, that lets that leads me to believe that people know the vids, they know, know how, how we roll. And I am confident in uh, soliciting the marching orders from these fine people, but it's not about reading comics today, man. Like this weekend is about salesmanship. That's Salesman, right. sell more comics is the, uh, the marching orders of the day. And I wanna hear from them. I hear from you every fucking day. <laughs> so here's the deal guys. Uh, we are bound by the human condition and you guys have been sitting here listening to us filibuster. And the whole point of this weekend is to get into a talkative state. So I'm gonna count to three and I wanna hear some more comics and I do not wanna be disappointed because <laughs> Because I did get up early, man. I could be on a date right now. So, are you guys ready? So, what are the marching orders, guys? One, two, three. That was a lethargic. We'll do it one more time and then we'll begin our fucking day. One, two, three. That's goddamn right. 